Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 129 of the 167 podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Good good job. You had the right answer. Well, I learned it from Bob. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, so, okay, so my first year here... um, Mm -hmm. With the FUMC in, in Valdosta servant, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone would say that, and I go, "Yep, yep, he is." And then, sure thing, yeah. <laughs> and then Bob, Bob pulled me. He's like, "You're supposed to say a specific thing back. You're supposed to say he is risen indeed." I'm like, "Why? No one told me." There needs to be a card. I need a manual here, yeah. dude. For real, <laughs> going from the Baptist church to a yeah. to a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities, it's, so yeah. you don't think there's a lot of things. Yeah. But then you end up looking like a dummy a lot, too. Just ask for, if you are going from another denomination into a United Methodist Church, ask for their book of worship. Um, you could you can learn a lot Yeah. about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so, Easter. Easter. Easter it was, was fantastic. Here. It was a wonderful day, and the rain held off. Yes. Uh, it, well, no, because at five o'clock it, it was raining. Well, I was about to say props to you and your team for being here at five a.m. on Easter Sunday to set up for our sunrise service. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, you you set up lights and mm-hmm. everything, so we would be able to see because it was the cloud cover. And, yeah, we I just mean, didn't know what the clouds were going <clears> to <throat> do. Yeah, um, but it was it was a really like, and I was actually surprised at the number of people who came out for the outdoor service because it, it was cold. It was our house attended. Out, uh, Out, outside service? No, or sunrise service. Sunrise service, yeah. that's right, yeah. I think D-Now is our biggest outside <laughs> service probably. so far. Yeah, probably. Um, but it was a really, it was a it was a wonderful day, and it was good to um, see a lot of people. There's people I hadn't seen in a while, which is kind of how Christmas and Easter are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, was good to see. I saw a really funny Babylon Bee mm-hmm. the other day, and it was... Uh, <laughs> it said... Family surprised to see the church decorated in something other than Christmas, <laughs> and then it shows a quote from the the man going, "I thought it was more red and green in here." <laughs> uh, what were you about to say? There, there was an article about um, it was talking about there are more creasters now than there ever have been. And please explain a creaster. They only come to church on Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. typically. Okay, I'm just making sure people know. Yeah. And um, it was talking about how to not make a big deal that they're there. Yeah. Because. Oh, yeah. Because apparently. Yeah, you're going to offend them? You're going to, like, call like, them out? Like, well, no, 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 no. <clears throat> but, like, if you make a big deal that they're here, we're so glad you're here and all that kind of stuff. Like, really, like, egging them on almost uh-huh. like they're a first-time guest. Yeah. It gives a sense of guilt, and it and it actually puts yeah, up wow. a barrier for them to come back. Yeah. Oh, I, I would totally. Yeah. I think I've just had that like in my mind, like operate that way without really thinking that through. Now, if there's someone who's like a really good friend, it might be like, "Hey, it's good yeah, to see yeah. you. I haven't seen you in forever," you know. Um, but yeah, why? Why would we wouldn't want to? No, do I'm that. not saying we. Not we, do it. but in general. But and that sparked a conversation between me and Kara about, you know, me and you've never felt what it's like to be away from the church uh-huh. for a length of time and then come back into it. Right, because we're just here. Because we're just here. <laughs> and yeah, it really it made us think about, like, what, mm-hmm. when you return... What it must take. What it must take and what the emotions are mm-hmm. and, and how... how you receive the emotions that you're giving back. Yeah, yeah. And if it's too overwhelming and hitting on the fact that you're back, yeah, it might be enough to go, and I'm gone again. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to do with that yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, <clears throat> I would like to propose a name change. Okay. Um, instead of just Creaster, how about we call it Mother Creaster? <laughs> mm. <laughs> because Mother's Day is a day people come to church as well. 
Um, and I kind of like the ring of it, Mother Creaster. I just think it sounds it, good. It sounds good. <laughs> but the, or it sounds like maybe you stubbed your toe. Yeah. But the trend is, is like people are doing less and less for Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Because of the acknowledgement <laughs> of people, you know, there, there are so many mm-hmm. reasons why Mother's Day isn't a good day for some people. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things that people have kind of, it used to be like that was one of the most push days mm-hmm. of the church it was, yeah. calendar. Recognize and, everybody, carnations and yep. things. And <clears throat> and then a, a lot of churches with the, with a pulse on how people are feeling about certain things mm-hmm. have taken the gas off of that. Yeah, I mean, we'll say Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. It's, so when I grew up, it, there was there was like 20 ferns brought into the church. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you're the oldest mother, stand, <laughs> they'd have all the mothers stand up. And they'd if you're 55 and under, you sit get a down. fern and you get a fern. Yeah. You get a fern. Yep. And then so who, they give one for the youngest mother. Youngest mother, <laughs> oldest mother. Um <laughs> So in Douglas, is it like mm-hmm. most kids? <laughs> uh, most kids on campus. Oldest mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already said that. Didn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we'll say Happy Mother's Day. Yep, <clears throat> that'll be that. So, yeah, I had a very eye-opening conversation with someone several several years ago, um, and it and they they were not it was not a complaint or anything they were just talking and they were telling me how they don't come to church on mother's day and they were not a mother they are now they weren't then and um they were they had had just weren't able to have children Mm -hmm. and it was just really difficult for them to come Mm -hmm. and um, because she wanted to be a mother yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and um that just really stuck with me and it kind of changed the way that i looked at how we um you know, celebrate Mother's Day, you know. So, anyway, so, Mother Creaster. Mother Creaster. But Let's do just it. just Creaster, but. Um, so, let you want to jump into today's topic? Let's this is a it. little bit of a gear shift, let's say, for sure. Um, but it's kind of necessary. And I will say, kind of right here, that we're going to share a couple of bits of information that might be a little sensitive for younger ears. So, I just want to point that out in case you're listening in the car, but with kiddos or wherever you are, I just... Just because I don't know, um, if you you talk about having a pulse on things, if you have a pulse in general, mm-hmm. this is how I titled today's episode. I don't know how you're gonna. I like how you are creative with what you post, so I give you creative license to how you end up. I like this title, so things. I'll probably. But it's use like, it. what's wrong with the world? And then like the subtitle, evil inside and outside. Um, because even just in the last, well, in the last couple of, um, weeks even, um, of course, if, if you're paying attention, um, of course the article I wanted to read now, I can't cause it wants me to sign up for it, but I was just reading a, an article. Cause you've read it to me. You've, you've hit read your quota. Yeah. Right. So, um, but there was some, you know, statistics on just the, the shootings recently. I mean, we've had, um, the shooting in Nashville um, two weeks ago, week ago. Uh, we had a shooting in Louisville, Kentucky two days ago at that bank. Um, there was one at a park like in Orlando like four weeks ago. Like five people were there, a toddler. I mean, it was just like, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and there was just things going on. And every time that one of these more like tragedies or mass events happen um you know there's a lot of you know you can read posts and and the pundits and different people will say things and of course gun control comes up when you talk about shootings and stuff like that um but there's this this overarching comment that i hear a lot is um someone's got to do something Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and Maybe I'm being hyper religious when or hyper uh, spiritual when I hear those comments, but I'm like, yeah, he has. There is someone who's done something. It, the problem is not with with manufacturers or legislators or anything like that. The problem is within us. There's too there's many a, of us that refuse to hear the answer. There's an evil within us, mm-hmm. right? There's an evil that's present. 
Oh no, Josh just fell down. No, he didn't really. <laughs> but his phone did. My phone did. Um, this is this is some. I, can you pull up that article I sent a link to? Because I can't. <laughs> Got it. Will you share? Um, Hold on. There's an ad. <laughs> okay. Well, while you're okay, so there's a couple of just um, look at a couple of the the larger things it shares or uh, just briefly. Oh, like uh, what's happened recently? Okay, gotcha. Just to, um. Just April 10th, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Five people were killed. March 27th, uh, the Nashville mm-hmm. children and three adults. Memphis, 11 people were shot. Mm. February 17th, uh, at multiple locations, killing six people in Mississippi. Uh, yeah. February 13th in Michigan, three students. Yeah, yeah. February 1st. Washington D.C. Yeah, I mean, so the, I mean, and it, it goes, just goes. Yeah, but this and that's just since like they have one, two, great radio talk, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. That laughter was not nine, really appropriate ten, right there. I didn't mean that. Eleven. Eleven. Shootings. Shootings. Yeah. Since the first of the year. Yeah. That se- that seems high, but I don't know if I, that's actually I high. Don't know. Yeah. I just know we're. As people were hyper focused mm-hmm. on it, yeah, and and I'm not gonna you know get into the firearms thing. I'm we're, we're not, not getting political. On uh, this no, podcast. and I mean because yeah, I'm not. This is um very this is interesting. The FBI posts something called the crime clock statistics, um, and the question is talking about evil here like what what's wrong with the world what is wrong what's going on this is from the fbi a violent crime occurs every 24.7 seconds in the united states um usually our podcasts are about how long josh 50 minutes okay so probably two murders because one murder is committed every 24.4 minutes so two people will have lost their life during a recording a rape occurs every 4.2 minutes and a robbery every 2.2 an aggravated assault every 34.3 seconds um and that's violent crime property crime every uh 4.9 seconds something goes on a burglary every 30.30.5 seconds a larceny theft 6.9 seconds motor vehicle theft 39 seconds i mean it's just is that U.S. or global? This is U.S. This is from the FBI. Okay. This is uh, wow. here in, in, in the States. Um, <clears throat> then there's, so what's wrong with the world? Like, what's what's going on? Like, we we, we see about mass shootings. You hear those kind of crime statistics. I mean, then you get into issues of abuse, of sexual abuse, um one in five women in their life will have experienced um, a rape or an attempted rape. Um, nearly, uh, almost a quarter, 20, 24.8% of men in the U.S. have had some kind of sexual violence committed against them um, or contact with sexual violence. So um, 81% of women and 43% of men have reported some form of sexual harassment uh, one in three women are victims of uh, attempted rape, uh, and it and those one in three women that happen between the age of eleven and seventeen, which that I have an eleven-year-old that just makes me. Uh, one in four men say they've been victims of um, an attempted or or successful. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, rape between the age of 11 and 17 one in four men so one in three women and one in four men mm. that's a young age um it's estimated that 734 plus thousand people have um been raped in the u.s and that was that was uh that's an older source that was from 2018 so mm. that number is higher yeah and, and, and boys and, like what's going happening to young boys is skyrocketing like the extortion thing well, we're about to just, get into just that not just that but yeah. like the numbers of things that are happening to uh, st- young boys and students uh-huh. is crazy. Like bullying and like no, like this, uh, not just extortion, but like um, sexual assault and stuff like that uh-huh. on um, boys by um, 
these grown creepy men. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're saying it has a higher, it, it's got a higher growth rate than yeah. girls right now. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, and here's the reality of that is, I don't, I haven't seen this statistic, but this is what's reported, Josh. This is only what's reported. Mm-hmm. So how much goes unreported? Um, so there's just so much of this um, that, so going back to the main question is what's wrong with the world? What's wrong? You know, when people, when we see mass shootings and it's like somebody's got to do something and there's an anger and I understand that. That is a justifiable anger, but it's often directed at, at people or circumstances or individuals or corporations or governments or whatever that really can't do anything about it. There's nothing they can really do. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole sextortion thing, um, people might be going, what are you talking about? But that is definitely skyrocketing among adolescent and teen boys where basically, and, and but it happens to females, of course, as well, but mm-hmm. it's like a, hey, send me a picture and then, okay, send me another picture. Well, I'm, no, I'm not going to. Well, if you don't, I'm going to send the first one you sent me to, to everyone you know. Yep. Um, and, and then it's, uh, well, uh, if you don't send, if you don't send me, uh, or if you don't give me money, I'm going to share whatever pictures you gave me. I mean, it's like on and on and on, mm-hmm. right? It's like wanting money or more imagery because they're creepy. Um, this is horrible. From This is from childprotect.org. This is talking about what is wrong with the world. Approximately five children die every day because of child abuse. Five children. Um, there's the the stat we just shared um, about the one out of three or one out of four boys that will be sexually abused before they reach age 18. Um, 90% of child sexual abuse victims know the perpetrator in some way. Uh, 68% are abused by a family member. So... Um, these statistics are just, yeah, it's just crazy. So what's wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with evil, you know, mm-hmm. inside and outside? Um, you know, we might, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on this information before we really kind of dive into where I want to go? I mean, just being the dad of not just daughters, but just children and it being... So usually 90% of the time someone we know and it's not like that. It's very rare that you're in that 10% that ends up like being an episode of Law and Order that it's someone completely dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Some, someone completely out of the thing. And that's terrifying because, I mean, your kids know different people than you do because of the way they do their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't, and as they get older, you can't keep a check on every single person that they interact with. Right. And that's terrifying. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, and I think the the initial, I don't know. I, go ahead. Well, let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. when you were a kid, mm-hmm. were you aware of any of this kind of stuff? And by what I mean by that is. As a child, I was taught to watch out for this kind of thing because of growing up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a big, that like there was a big like task management system to try to make people aware to keep this kind of stuff from happening. Mm-hmm. So like they taught us in schools, you know, don't take... Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Yeah. Don't yeah. take candy out of a van, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like... I know I was aware to watch out for weird things. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and I know we teach our kids mm-hmm. now to watch out for weird things. Yeah. But I don't know how recent mm-hmm. that this is. I think the 80s for sure. Um, I was a, I was a uh, child of the 70s. So, um, like, I was 10 years old in 1979. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so those formative years... Um, and then into the early 80s. So, um, no, there were not a lot of those things. Um, but there were a couple of things that happened uh, in my hometown. Uh, one girl went missing. Um, there was a couple of little things that was kind of like known. Mm-hmm. So it was like I remember it being talked about, and it was like, 
but it there was still that sense of well you're going to run with your pack of friends and all the adults you know if an adult tells you to um you know be quiet or watch out or whatever you know mm-hmm. like there was yeah. that sense of we know like all the people around us so there was that sense of protection still mm-hmm. um, but we were in a small town so it wasn't like we were living in some massive city yeah um but no there was not like school programs or things like that yeah so okay. so it wasn't it, but that's when a lot of that stuff was really going on. It just wasn't being reported. No mm-hmm. one knew about it. No one talked about it. So, yeah, you know. So, I mean, I grew up, what you're talking about is, like, I didn't know specific uh, statistics. Mm-hmm. I had to take a break to say specific and statistics. <laughs> I'm sure you did. But. Do you know any specific statistics about the Pacific? No. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> like, a lot of these statistics Mm-hmm. My first, like my first interaction is, was to make sure I wasn't a victim, mm. Mm. and now I'm reading those um, mm. facts as making sure my daughters mm. aren't victims. Yeah, because like th- they taught us that this stuff is happening, and to make sure that you're not one of those five or one of those three. Mm-hmm. But now I have two daughters, you know, mm-hmm. and now it's like. Now you're protecting someone from being one of those. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a it's just a completely different way to understand, like <clears throat> think about that stuff. Yes, for sure. And so I think there's this sense, and I understand it, um, that it's kind of like would these, whether they're mass covered by news, known about, or whether they are the the secret you know unspoken things that happen like we there's this hope that tragedies that that we witness that we are aware of that seem to be happening more and more and more frequently and i know a lot of that has to do just with with the way in which information gets out yeah but we just wish it would just go away we just wish it would stop and our hearts break i mean reading some of these statistics it's it is heart breaking it's it's like this um you know, when you hear about a lone gun, gunman, right? Like, it's just senseless about how they do that. Or, or you know, terror in the way of, you know, mass kind of stuff you read about. And there's this hope that you kind of wake up and go, all right, um, you know, we want our kids just to be able to go to school. Or, you know, people to go to the movies or, you know, whatever. Concerts or nightclubs or churches and all that. And just not fear, have a fear among them, you know. And that's not even talking about like natural disasters. But the question I'll come back to it is what's wrong with the world? What's wrong? And and the answer is it's evil and it's an evil that's inside and outside. It's an evil that is both internal and external, which is really kind of where I wanted to start to direct our thoughts today. And I'll preface this and say that I was reading a couple of different articles by Carrie Newhoff, who is wonderful and amazing uh, former pastor and now just a church leader and someone who does some prolific writing for the church um, uh, and for church leaders and and so he's definitely influenced some of this conversation for sure um, but so we're talking about evil and it's it's present um, it's an evil that's uh, we inflict on each other um, and, and it's a sickness, and it's infecting and affecting our our lives. And that's kind of the, that's what evil does. I mean, that's why you call terror, terror, because that's what it invokes, right? Um, but listen, you read the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, and there's some terror, I mean, there's terrorizing armies and nations in the Old Testament. There's horrible, horrendous things that occur in, in Scripture. So it's a human... Mm-hmm. Condition. It's a human issue. It's not a, and it's not a new issue. Right, right. Um, so, I do want to talk about the internal and external, the the evil that is present. What's wrong with the world? The answer is it's it's evil. Um, now, in some regards, Josh, I think for some people there is a blind like ignorance of evil, and it really is just a, or or maybe a misdirected anger because of evil that happens and and what i mean by that is like okay well only a you know only a religious zealot would believe in evil and an actual like enemy right that's what some people want to say um 
But what I read on the pages of scripture about this battle between good and evil, it's kind of more like, well, no, that's just a regular Tuesday. Like that's Mm -hmm. not, (laughs) yeah, that's that's not, you know, maybe maybe other people understand that too. But but I think the the biggest mistake that we can make with evil is to overestimate or underestimate its influence. I mean, it's present and it's there. But it doesn't, and this is, I want to say this definitely, evil does not have ultimate power at all. Evil does not have ultimate power. It, But it also isn't powerless. Mm-hmm. Evil is active. Yes. It's an active force. Um, that's what the scriptures tell us. And Jesus himself acted as though evil was very real because he spoke against it and he called it out. So even if you're skeptical about the whole idea of evil, you, you might have noticed that we live in a world where a lot of bad stuff happens all the time. And it's depressing and it's scary and people struggle against each other and, and against themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you want to call it evil or not, I'm, call it whatever you want to, but it, it, there's something wrong. Yeah, And it's like a virus in the system that, and, and that's because... It is. This is what C.S. Lewis, he, he treated the subject of the presence of evil in the world. I mean, if you want an interesting read, go and read Screwtape Letters. We did a Bible study. We on did. It. We did. And it is very, Bible very. Study. It was a book study. It was a book study. Um, it is. But it was written, and it was written in the uh, in the context of the, the Second World War in, like, England. But um, even, you know, like, 70 almost 80 years later it's still um this it talks about how evil just shows up uh, it's it's written from this perspective of the work of evil in mm-hmm. people's lives yeah. you know just kind of speaking into them and stuff so it's i don't know it's a very interesting way to approach it and it and it affected c.s lewis a lot yes. when he wrote that book yeah yeah, so it kind of messed with him to kind of yeah. write from that perspective. He had to kind of take a step back. And Very go, oh. interesting. Read. Yeah, yeah. So here's what here's where I want us to go. So there is the evil outside of us, and but there's also an evil inside of us. And I would say that both need to be recognized and addressed. If you are a person, and I'm not throwing shade at all here, if you're someone who is just absolutely angered by the evil that you see going on in the world, you're right to do so. I would also encourage you to look inward as well. Because, and because evil, you could go, well, no, no, no. Going and shooting up a school is evil, but when I lie to another person, that's not evil. That's just us grading. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and it's like there's a sliding scale. But there, at some point, the evil that is perpetrated that we consider to be truly evil at one point it started somewhere from within that person yeah people don't just wake up one day and go and 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 shoot up a school well and it's usually what is considered most evil is something that the majority of the population wouldn't do correct right right so yeah so that's why like as the population starts doing kind of gets getting a little bit more mm-hmm. liberal with what's accepted and what's not accepted mm-hmm. things are being like as as i've grown up things are kind of being like de-evilized mm-hmm. almost mm. yeah and i'm not going into those but like there are certain things that work in like the majority of people would call that evil but they mm-hmm. don't they don't necessarily do that anymore right you know yeah that's right and true. so the sliding scale is how many people perpetrate this sin determines right if how evil it is mm-hmm. that's yeah and and i think there's that there's that understanding of okay there's evil outside and that that's really bad but we don't look in the mirror um but then there's also i and both of these need to be recognized and addressed but you know there's some people are so wrapped up in their internal struggles that they're really not much good to make a difference for the external evil that's happening outside so here's what i want to do here's what i mean by when when internal when the internal struggle of evil the problem of evil like what's wrong with the world um happens this is what it looks like internally i would say um first and foremost one number one there is an enemy yes so 
just deal with that. Like, accept the fact that there's an enemy, but we have a God who is victorious over the enemy. Um, the enemy would love nothing more than to take you out of play, to take you off the board, to take you out of being useful for the kingdom of God. And one of his favorite, favorite, favorite weapons, this is the internal struggle, is discouragement. Mm -hmm. And what discouragement says is, okay, I'm no good. Yep. Um, I'm not making a difference. I'm always going to screw this up. You know, what's the point? I might as well give up, right? We've all been there, I think, at different times. But none of those messages are from God. This is the internal struggle. Um, here's a wonderful little, I would say, a little life hack uh, when you find yourself dealing with discouragement is go and read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 6. And everywhere that you see the word you or us, substitute your name in there so um so josh i'll have you do this read start with even before and where the blank line is put your name in there this what, is ephesians um, chapter one verses okay. four and six do, do, do. even before the world god loved joshua and chose joshua in christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes god decided in advance to adopt joshua into his own family by bringing joshua to himself through jesus christ this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 6. Read it. Put your name in it. This is this is a pushing back against um, discouragement from the enemy because God does not, God does not whisper in your ear, um, Josh, you're no good. You know, Shannon, mm-hmm. you're not making a difference. Yeah. Um, Josh, you're always screwing everything up. Like, that's not of the Lord. That's not how he operates. That is not how our God operates. I'm talking about what's wrong with the world. This is an internal struggle that we have all. We're going to look at external more in a moment. It might be, you know, I I hope that that helps you, right? But the best antidote to a lie is the truth every time. So when you find yourself being discouraged with that, like, destructive thoughts, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 6, ground yourself in that kind of truth. Um... That's who you are. If you're discouraged, remember, God is less done with you than you are. <laughs> you going, oh, man, I'm done. No, God is less done. He's, he's like, no, I'm good. Because if discouragement is left unchecked, it grows. And here's where mm-hmm. it gets serious. When discouragement is left unchecked, it grows and it turns into self-pity. And that's like discouragement on steroids is what that is. Because self-pity, where, where discouragement whispers things to us self-pity like chisels it in stone it like makes it like permanent like it tells you there's no out like that this is the way it will always be and it's simultaneously it tells you it's all your fault and none of this is your fault and and for some crazy reason we believe both and and i don't i wonder about the the uh, heart and mind emotional psychological condition of people who perpetrate acts that are evil to the degree we read about it and see it on the news Mm -hmm. read it in our news feeds and i wonder what transpired in their life to bring them to the point to that and it's evil and Mm -hmm. it's evil influences evil uh 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 you know, like not pushing back against it, not realizing that's what's coming at them, that self-pity, that, um, you know, like you have no other option but to be this way, to think this way, to act this way, to respond this way. That's where, I mean, you have to stop and think about those are souls that God created. And Mm -hmm. yet, I mean, you and I were talking off the recording before we started about, you know, we think about some some certain acts that people do, and, and there's that statement that we make, like, well, there's a special place in Hades for them. You yeah. know, it's like, is there really? I think it's all just one place. I it mean, is, <laughs> but it and, makes us feel better. Well, yeah, it does. Yeah, because it means if I could, I'd punch you in the face or, mm-hmm. or worse, yeah. you know. But uh, I wonder just how we, we can allow, what's the problem with the world? It's evil, and there's an internal evil that wants to work within us and there is an external evil that we see perpetrated outward and i think it happens because of what's transpired inside of folks 
Am I, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Uh, this is completely kind of off topic, but it was a line from a Western that I thought was really neat. And mm-hmm. it was, was kind of like a line you were talking about. There's a special place in mm-hmm. Hades. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of towing that Christian, like, it, towing a fake Christian line. Mm-hmm. It, it was a Western, and I think it was Sam Elliott who said it. He's like, the Bible says I can't judge you, but I'm about to send you to the one who can. Oh, oh. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so on the on the topic of like self pity, which is again like discouragement on steroids, it's really dangerous because it takes someone and it they basically they remove themselves from. They just live in this state of self pity, right? Like you don't need anyone. Uh, You've you've taken your out you've taken yourself out of the the opportunity to to be present to and I'm to a Christian if you're overwhelmed by self pity then um, you're probably not just like super stoked to be in worship on Sunday or to be in your community group mm. to ask someone to pray for you about something specific like you're gonna be like no I'm just gonna remove myself because I'm Discouraged, I'm worthless. This is my fault, but it's not. You know all that stuff. There's, it's a self pity like. Because self pity can't exist in those places. Mm. No, it can't. Because you have to take your eyes off yourself and put them on Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully, that's what's going yeah. on. I mean, because if you really embrace what's happening in, especially in community group, mm-hmm. because you can kind of like closet yourself into in a worship service, but in a community mm. group, self pity can't exist because. That group's there to get you out of it. Yeah, that's very true. Whether lovingly or tough lovingly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's where here's what Carrie Newhoff said, and I love this about self pity. Oh, this is so good. He said that self pity is basically confession without repentance and forgiveness. Ugh. Self pity is basically confession. So it's like, yep, I really messed that up. I'm really terrible. Right. And then leaving I'm it a, at that. Yeah, but no repentance and either not offering or receiving forgiveness. Self pity leaves you acknowledging that there's a big problem, but not fully owning it. That's confession. And moving forward, claiming forgiveness. It's acknowledging sin without claiming hope, whether you call it sin or not. So it's like saying, I'm terrible and not going, but God, I need your help. Or, or God, you should help me, but I'm not going to confess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, repent. So, I mean, and, and the reality is the gospel never leads to self-pity. The truth of the gospel never brings you to a point of going, hey, just feel really bad about yourself. No, no, it's, hey, yes, you have sinned. Yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Both of those are scriptures. One, it tells us the truth of, of our sin. The other tells us the possibility of forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself struggling with self-pity, here's the deal. You're partway there. Just just keep pushing. <laughs> like, get past that and, 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 and repent of that and seek forgiveness. Because when we go, what's wrong with the world? What's wrong with my life? What's wrong? Like, it's evil. There's an evil force at work. There is one there we have an enemy who would who can't steal your soul Josh mm-hmm. but he can tell you you, yeah. you suck. Mhm. I mean tell me that you know that that's just that's the way that works. So there's an internal reality to uh what's wrong with the world. There's an evil that 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 kind of works inside of us. And I just kind of focused on discouragement and self-pity and stuff like that. There's a whole other yeah. Lots of other things we could go into there. but And one thing that I had to do with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is uh, pray for God to make me aware of my triggers. Oof. Yeah. Because even if even if you do, um, if you can confess and, mm-hmm. and, and get there, it, you still kind of spiral a little bit. But if but if you can mm-hmm. know your if you can pray for God to show you your triggers, you can om like not always, but you can do a much better job of going straight to God and going, don't let the enemy do this again. Sure, sure, yeah, and and that's, I think that is the um, the reality of us living in our flesh. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's it's there. Yeah. You know, our emotions are real. Mm-hmm. Um, our memories are intact usually. Mm-hmm. Like so when things happen sometimes that might be similar to something that occurred in the past, yeah, it might set us off in that moment. How we choose to respond in that moment is is where I think will kind of be the proof of growth yeah. or dependence on God. Um, or the, or just the recognition of this is not of the Lord mm-hmm. and and dad gummit I'm why am I so upset you know like God I'm giving you this you know but he he's gracious he's mm-hmm. merciful like he doesn't go well shame on you for feeling that way or you know that kind of thing it's like I'm with you in this yep I'm with you in these tragedies I am with you mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't cause that person to go and do that thing that hurt you to such a degree or took the life of that you know we, I don't I don't have the the intellectual depth to go into um, or, or the theological depth honestly to go into you know how God creates who and and you know you we can get into the whole conversation we briefly touched on it yesterday in staff meeting um, about like Judas like did God create judas to betray jesus and i have a hard time going i think he did that i I just don't see that i mean because i believe in free will yeah um and i i think uh but there's the whole foreknowledge like did god know that judas would betray yes of course he did of course he did just like he knew you know that i would you know say say a bad word the other day when i was trying to put a the something together that i bought mm-hmm. you know i get i to me what i've always i said fiddlesticks by yeah. the way <laughs> that was what, the word. <laughs> what i what i've always gone to that question specifically with judas mm-hmm. was did it have to happen that way yeah and then that's when i go that that really determines to me whether it was mm-hmm. you know i mean i think there's certain aspects that it it prophetically that had to play out because mm-hmm. it talks about you know the the 30 pieces of silver you know mm-hmm. and the the betrayal and it's like wow you know how does so yeah i mean so you i like i said i am not intellectually or theologically adept to to go into that without a whole lot of study mm-hmm. but the but the point of it is that evil is is apparent it's real it's there but i want to keep touching on the fact that god is not Evil is not more powerful than God. Yeah. But so there was an internal work. But there's also the question, bring it back up. What's wrong with the world? What is wrong with this world? There's inside and outside. Here's the external stuff I want to talk about for a moment. I've said this before. I've said it on here. I've said it before. Um, And again, not being political by saying this, but I just know it to be true is you cannot legislate morality. You cannot legislate away terror. You Evil can't do doesn't it. follow laws. No, it doesn't. Like, you you write a law, and a law-abiding person will follow the law. Evil doesn't follow laws. <laughs> right. I Am I personally in favor of laws or regulations or restrictions that would thwart someone from, for example, buying a weapon only made for human mass human annihilation sure i'm cool with that um i'm also in favor of a restriction on an individual buying massive amounts of ammonium nitrate right because they're (laughs) gonna build a bomb but that what about the farmer you know like so like i'm not putting my here's the i'm not putting my hopes in laws and regulations or restrictions i'm not because to make the point again a law-abiding person will follow the law Mm -hmm. someone who does not want to follow the law will not they will disregard it mm-hmm. or find a way around it yep it, it's kind of like when you put your hope in people they're always going to come short c.s lewis if you put your hope in the government they're gonna <laughs> come up short yes because it's full of people it's uh the government is a whole bunch of people who are even less effective than just the one person who yeah. <laughs> disappoint I, you <laughs> i mean a, me as a christian has to look at the government and go they can't solve my problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus solves my problems. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Like, the go- the government can help keep society going, but I don't look mm-hmm. for them to solve my problems. 
Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, you're much more of a history person than I am, and but at some point, and and I could, you know, I could probably look back and look at a couple of different presidents and see this. But at some point, and talking about American history here, a shift occurred in our country where there was an expectation for the government to take care of us versus us. Um, having people in elected positions who were there to make sure things ran properly. The big swing was when people abused what FDR did for Mm -hmm. World War II. Yeah, yeah. That that was the big swing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm not putting my hopes in in regulations and restrictions. Laws alone cannot defeat evil. Let's just make that very real. Laws, in fact, can barely contain evil. Uh, ultimately, the problems that we are facing, they're not issues of law. And that's something that, that we need. They're issues of the heart apart from God. That's where, the, that's where the problems lie. The problems lie with the heart of a person who does not know God. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is evil still perpetrated by people whose hearts they say, yes, I know God? Yes. Has God, has religion, has Christianity been used by people to perpetrate horrible things yes they have that heart is still evil like there's still a disconnect from god there's still a regardless nature. of what the word whatever they say what changes is the gospel the love of jesus christ and when a heart is truly transformed when a heart is truly transformed you can say whatever you want about who you are and what you believe but if your heart is truly transformed your life is transformed. Your value system is transformed. How you view what you do and what you say and all those things, it is transformed. Forgiveness becomes a real thing. Confession becomes a real thing. Repentance becomes a very real thing. Love, the love of Christ dissolves the hate of, that, that we have in our hearts. Um, so that's where, you know, when we talk about the external going on, we have to internally own values outweigh externally impose rules every time. And so when someone has this, this evil darkness working within them apart from God, you're going to see that happen. And that's when these mass events occur that we go, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Where did this happen? Um, you know, I think it's true. Here's another, we said Galatians 1. Here's a th- another thing. Um, talking about how law doesn't do a whole lot of good. In Galatians chapter 5, I want to read verse 16 through 24. Paul's writing, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So he's talking about a heart that's been transformed, Josh. This is not just mm-hmm. someone who's going, and today I'm going to let the Holy Spirit like no this is someone who has truly had a heart transformation verse 17 the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants what's wrong with the world a sinful nature yep and the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces so it's real right evil's Mm -hmm. real these Mm -hmm. two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. <laughs> when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And then he goes into this list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, this is still Paul writing, as I have before, that anyone living with that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the heart that's transformed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And then he says in verse 24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That's, this is, 
what's wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world is evil. It's sin. And we see it play out externally, but we have a battle internally. How does that love of Christ gain a foothold in a world, in a society, in a country, in a culture that's, that is just overwhelmed with hatred? Well, the way people will discover that love is when they meet a follower of Jesus who behaves like a follower of Jesus. <laughs> hmm. What do you what do you what do you think about that, right? Mm. So this this begins with you and me. Like if you find yourself, dear listener, going, "What's wrong with this world?" Here's another story. Here's another account. Here's another something of what's going on in the world. Pray for those people. Pray for those victims. Pray for them. But then I would I I charge us with this. This is an internal struggle as well. That sin nature is alive and well. So start let let start with you. If you are angry at what someone else did somewhere far away and you're like somebody's got to do something about this, the one thing I can tell you is that you can do something. Mhm. There are people around you. I'm just going to be real that you don't like. There's probably some people you have hatred in your heart for. Start there. Forgive someone that you actually know. If you are upset with the hatred in the world, forgive someone you know. And when it, and and then when it comes to you know adding your voice to the the public discourse, you know the the social media, the the private conversations, the text groups, don't fuel hate to to whole other people groups and other you know things. Just go, you know what? I'm I'm working on this. I'm working on this. The most radical thing that you and I could do today is to extend love in the face of hate. Well, and I'm just playing advocate here. Oh, what kind of advocate? I'm not. No, huh? Who's no, advocate? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I was purposeful in my choice. Yeah, I'm purposeful in my response. Um, Devil's advocate. Okay, so the enemy's evil advocate. Go ahead. How does what <laughs> what you're saying sound like a micro choice have such macro results Mm, that's a very good um does my does my forgiveness of someone i hate for someone for a actually have an effect on the world yes it does i don't know how but i know it does Mm. um one it changes you Mm -hmm. um it could quite possibly change that other person yep it's up to them Mm -hmm. um and if it changes that other person and then they do the same to another, do we see the results? No. D- is it going to be on a news feed? No. Oh, today Joshua forgave so-and-so. No, that doesn't make the news. No. Nope. Um, in the grand scheme of things, I truly believe that it does. Does it make tragedies less tragic that have occurred? Not at all. But I will go back to a point that I made, and I know this this goes down a rabbit hole, but what if one of these known perpetrators of these mass things that we are so angry about, justifiably so, what if someone had been responded differently in their life? Spoken words of love, spoken words of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, What if, what if, what if? Because as much as God grieves those moments, God grieves for the person that also... um, perpetrated those moments and and we'll also never know how many moments like that jesus words of love have already stopped right right so we don't know we don't Mm -hmm. know but i do i do believe it it can't change the past Mm -mm. um but i do believe it can have a change on the future and and the other thing is is if i'm actively someone who like you you point out like on a micro level i'm going okay i'm going to work on how i'm responding to other people that i have anger or hatred you know if i'm being real honest mm-hmm. like um i'm gonna work on that on that macro micro level um one of the things i believe it does is it changes the way that i participate in the larger conversation about other things mm. suddenly now i'm not uh 
you know, going out there and spouting off about, well, here's another jack wagon who did this because I read it in the news. I'm just going, I'm trying, I'm trying to be better. And, and, and that might sound like a stick in your head in the sand kind of thing. And we need voices that speak out for those who don't have voices. We do. There's no doubt about it. We need voices for those who are abused. We need, we need all that kind of, we need that. Um, but I think there's a difference between, between being a, a social media pundit who just likes to take pot shots about stuff mm-hmm. and someone who's actually like a, um, I don't know, a, you know, a, a warrior for good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, against, mm-hmm. against evil in that kind of way. I don't know if, I don't know if you agree with my answer as far as the micro macro, but I do. I, I, I mean, I knew the answer before yeah. I asked it, but, but, but I think the question that you ask is really a good one because I think it's a very real one because yes. I do think it is some would go, it doesn't make a difference. So, Be- and the reason I ask that is because mm-hmm. it is so hard mm-hmm. to do that. Sure. And if it's not really going to, if it's not going to really matter in the, in the big grand scheme of things, why do I have to? Yeah. Um, it'll matter to you and it'll matter to the person you forgive. Mm-hmm and um we're called to obedience and and that's the other thing i mean that's a whole other deal is how many times do we just go i'm not gonna do it because it's hard yep (laughs) i'm not gonna offer forgiveness i'm not gonna seek reconciliation because it's difficult Mm -hmm. i mean i I know that to be true of myself so yeah um like i said the most radical thing that we can do today is extend love in the in the in the reality of hate um you talk about it being difficult it will require a lot um and and this is really the truth you you and i don't have what it takes what's required to actually offer forgiveness not true forgiveness i don't Mm-mm. i don't have what it takes nope jesus christ does yep if i'm living in him i'm filled with his spirit then i'm empowered to kind of do that right so we need a savior to help us which mm-hmm. is exactly the point of this whole conversation yep what's wrong with the world evil what's the answer a savior we need to embrace that individually um and and yeah go from there and go from there so mm-hmm. uh any any other thoughts you want to throw in on this conversation today no no <laughs> sorry okay. i was i was thinking, thinking i was thinking of something i was like ah, i'm not re- I'm, i don't want to go there today yeah yeah well um I know it's a little bit of a gear shift, but especially after our Holy Week um, episodes. But this is something that's been um, I've kind of had in my in my notes of things for us to talk about. And in, in light of the recent, um, you know, what happened in Louisville the other day at the bank and in Nashville last week, I just was yeah. Well, and it, it's very the correlation to evil, and then usually. The tragedy happens, mm-hmm. and then the next question is, why would God let stuff like this happen? Yeah, yep. So, it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep. Well, Porch Community, um, I know it's kind of a heavier topic, and uh, who knows, we may continue. We'd love to hear your feedback on this episode, especially. Uh, you might have some thoughts. Or, but not political feedback. Yeah, we don't want political. We want to know, like, hey, what is there something else we can address or that we should touch on that would be good? Um, we, we don't need your, we don't need bipartisan <laughs> opinions on anything said in this podcast. I mean, I'm sure even ours leak out a little bit, but uh, so so being, we want to keep it on Jesus, that's for sure. Um, this coming Sunday, we got... Uh, Porch Kit Sunday. Yeah. So, again, another gear shift. This Sunday, we are celebrating our Porch Kids ministry. And along with that, and because it's all part of Porch Kids, um, mm-hmm. is we have our child dedication. Yep. Um, so we, every year, well, this is our second year, so every, <laughs> every year, year, every year. We can finally say annual. Yes. So we let our, you know, whether it's families that are new to our church or just, you know, maybe they're kind of doubling down on their faith in a little bit and like, we're mm-hmm. going to be more serious about this. 
different reasons and different you know ages but we say hey if you have a child between the ages of newborn to three years old and you would like to dedicate your child um, which because really it's it's really we call it child dedication but it's really parent dedication because they're like i'm standing up here with my child saying we're gonna lead this child it it, i mean it it, as one of the parents from last year and Mm -hmm. this was my second child i've I've had dedicated Mm -hmm. it is literally a i mean yes it's about the child but it is making a um yeah public Mm -hmm. like profession or commitment commitment yeah yeah to raising this child Mm -hmm. not just in church but in 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 the bible right in in the community of faith yeah, yeah for sure and how refreshing was it for you to be able to do that in a worship service and not have to do it outside after church service like well, you did with your first child well we we i mean it was amazing to do it with the entire church but we made adeline's kind of a big deal well and at, you did but like the whole thing was well, we don't do child dedication yeah. so we and, won't and i just want and i I don't get why the UMC has a particular stance on baptism because my baptism is one of my best memories of mm-hmm. my faith walk and to take that away from my children I just I wasn't comfortable doing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and I just I think it's all throughout scripture you see how children are dedicated to the Lord. So, this Sunday for Porch Kids Sunday, we are having child dedication. So, if you're listening to this on Thursday morning or Friday or Saturday and you're like, "Hey, I have a 0 to 3-year-old and I want to do this." Get in touch with Kristen, Kristen at the porchcc.com. K R I S T I. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. At the porchcc.com. All eyes, all the vowels yep. are eyes in her name. Um, and it's a K R. Anyway, um, yeah, let her know and, um, and we'll make that happen. And then we're also having um, baptisms. Baptism. Some people are being baptized or baptized. Or baptized, depending on you say it. But we have several kids who are going to be baptized this Sunday as well. And so I'm super excited about that. And then um, you're going to hear from our Porch Kids Pastor, Kristen. And so it's just going to be a fantastic day. We said, you know, that Sunday after Easter, like historically, statistically, is like a low attended Sunday. We're like, no, no, we're going to... we're gonna Flip that on to We're going to buck that trend. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I we're think, really excited about this. I think on Kids Sunday, it has to be called Baptized. Yeah, Baptized. Bath, uh, yeah. Babatized is how Mallory always used to yeah. say it. But I think on Kids Sunday, it's a baptism. <laughs> we'll throw some bubbles in there, too. So maybe a bath bomb. Um, and then, listen, talking about baptism, I'm excited about this. So on the 16th, we're baptizing a lot of kids. On April 23rd, so that's two weeks from now, we're actually starting a new series. We're going to be going through the book of Acts together. Josh, I don't know how long we're going to be in the book. I don't know. Hey. It could be throughout the whole summer. It could go into the fall. I'm not sure yet. I keep, I'm doing a lot of studying right now, and I'm like, God, I don't know. You you just tell me what to do. There are a lot of, I mean, so it used to be four to six week ser- sermon series, and then you're out. That is not the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, you can spend... Well, what I love about the book of Acts is like the first two chapters, it's really like it's it's basically the Acts of Jesus. And then it's the Acts of the Apostles. Or I'm sorry, then it's like the Acts of... um, The Acts of what are the Apostles doing while they're waiting. And then it's like the Acts of the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like three different series right there, Mm -hmm. just there. Um, and then you could do like you know the acts of Paul over here and the acts of Timothy over there. I mean, it's a know, lot of acts. There's a lot of action going on. It's an action-packed book. <laughs> so anyway, um, so hang on, I got to make this point because I wanted people to hear this. April 16th is Porch Kids Sunday. We're baptizing kids. April 23rd, we're starting a new series on the Book of Acts. Who knows what we'll call it? Whatever. Just be ready to read the Book of Acts. But on April 23rd, we're also having another Baptism Sunday, and that's when we've got some young adults and adults who are being baptized. So if you want to be baptized, adult, teenager, young adult, let us know because April 23rd is the day. You can let me know, Shannon, at theporchcc.com. 
and uh, I'll get in touch with you and we'll we'll make that happen. But mm-hmm. We love the opportunity to celebrate how God's working in people's lives in such a way that they're like, I want to stand up and, and be baptized as a profession of my faith. So God's at work. Yep. Um, do your part. And sorry, I hit a chord. Okay. Me. Sorry. Um, do your part to uh, love like Jesus. Let him work in your heart and then let that spill over into the lives of other people. Josh, thank you for what you do. Thank you for letting me. And uh, Porch Community, we will uh, see you Sunday, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.